0: Dancing. Yeah, I, <laughs> <didn't remember. laughs> now I was thinking, my timing must be really off, I tell you. I I don't remember from one day to the next what's going on. <laughs> my memory, I tell you. Oh, it's Sunday again? Oh. <laughs> okay. That's crazy. I know. It (coughs) is. He turned something on in the bedroom. The office. gosh! Mm. 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 good. <laughs> I told him, I said, you've got to stop me. I was doing so good. I wasn't eating any flour. <laughs> wouldn't have any sugar. And then he got up on his bench and he's been making cookies. And I don't resist at all. <laughs> I can't. I have no will. So, if it's in the house, i got to eat it. Okay, we are going to start. Hey, Emily. Happy Mother's Day to you, too, and everybody else on here. Glad to be here today, and we have some members here today. The lockdown's over, (laughs) in a measure. So, hope all of you have some good uh, plans today, and I hope uh, you enjoy the time that you're investing with us. I have a lot to share with you, as I always say, but... I can I can go real fast or I can go real slow, but I think I need to go a little slow today. A lot of these things we're hearing are new to me. You know, I mean, I've been meditating on them, but they're new. And when you hear something new, you need a little more explanation. So I am going to be giving some scripture. So if you have a pen and paper with you to take notes down, hi Roger. Uh, Also, uh, at my wife's request, I'll give you a moment to look it up. Not too long. I'll give you about. 15 seconds, so (laughs) hope you're good at Bible So, But uh, we're teaching uh, what I've titled The Spiritual Code and Symbology of the Living Word that Jesus spoke. And, uh, uh, of course, I couldn't do everything. I can't write everything in one book. I can't explain everything, so I'm just going down the pathway of whatever really... stands out to me whatever whenever I hear the voice of spirit prompt me or whatever then that's what I want to share and go through so in the Bible I, I titled today's lesson one is not a lonely number you know the, the Beatles used to sing about one been a lonely number but I think it was the Beatles one it them you don't know you, you was not a Beatles fan <laughs> it was it was one is not but I say one is not a lonely number because it depends on who you're one with you know uh, as in the Bible, there are seven verses that speak of there being one God. Now, there's verses about Lord and different things like that, but seven verses that actually speak of being one God. There's one in the old outlook. Now, I've taught you before, the word testament just means outlook. There's no, The only place that uses testament is in the New Testament, and it still says outlook and, and, and what, you, what, uh, what you think your life is going to be. And, and then there's six in the New Outlook. So one of the meanings of the number seven, since there's seven of them there, is divine intervention. And as I've said before, every color, every number, almost everything in the Bible, there's, there's a symbolical meaning to that. Or maybe like some things Jesus spoke in parables, but there's meaning to all these things. And so this number is important. So in these verses, we could use divine involvement, if you would, because intervention is involvement. And so we can say Father is divinely involved in the repetitive bringing forth of all life and all creation. There's no child born that Father is not involved with that. God didn't get left out. <laughs> you know, his life, is, his life repletes and it continues on. So again, we can say Father is divinely involved in the repetitive bringing forth of all life and creation, the original source and the eternal source of all. God still exists. Some people don't—they don't believe that, but God does exist. The Apostle Paul, or excuse me, John said, "In Father existed the Word," and literally it should say "exist the Word," and the Word exists as Father, and Father exists the Word. So the Word is Logos. We all know that the Word is Logos, and that's the spoken word. It's not necessarily the written word, but it's the spoken word. So whatever Father spoke was life, whatever Father spoke was power, whatever Father spoke was knowledge, and whatever Father spoke was creative. Everything Father saw in his mind, and again, we use the word his, but we don't know how else to say it, but we can say God mind if you want to, but everything God imaged in his mind, he imaged that out and he's spoken into existence, and it's always been, that's powerful, you know, and I, I think I mentioned this last week, I'm not sure, but words are powerful. Yes. When you speak a, a word to somebody, it never goes away. They may not recall it, but it's in there. And it's in your brain, and it's, it's in, it goes into your subconsciousness. And so that's why it's important with your children or anybody. But I always think, children, you need to be careful. We need to be careful what we say to our children from birth up because it is there and it's very psychologists can tell you it's nigh impossible to get some of those words out of their mind Mm -hmm. because they believe it so words are powerful but father god's words are creative words and we can see how powerful they are because from eternity god spoke all this into existence and it's never ceased to not exist it's still there i was telling somebody about age how we are in the ageless one and time was not really supposed to affect us and if you look at planet earth Today, and you look at planet Earth 10,000 years ago, it still looks new. It really does. It's always beautiful. The oceans are always beautiful. The sky is always beautiful. We never look out over Earth and say, wow, that looks really old. (laughs) (laughs) Now, some of the things that grow on it age, but the planet, even though they say it's millions and millions and millions of years old, it sure don't look it, does it? You know, because God created that. God created the sun. The sun's the same way it always was. God created the stars, everything. And literally, God created us, and guess what? We shouldn't be looking old. We definitely shouldn't be acting old or feeling old, but we have wrongly identified with time. And time is not for us at all. In John 1.1, John wrote, In the beginning. And in Genesis, you hear, In the beginning God. Well, the beginning was God. There was nothing else before God, right? And there's no other power. So really, we could say in God, God created. Out of God, God created, whatever it was. So John said in the beginning. So with Father, there's no beginning or ending. So John used that word and Genesis 1-1, and they should have written Father or God. So Malachi, uh, wrote to the priest of Israel. This is the first place in the Old Testament or the Old Covenant or not covenant, but the Old Testament or Old Disposition or Old Outlook, because that's what it is. Uh, this word, one God, comes up in this. And he, what he said is, see, have you, have you not all one father? He's questioned these people because there's a lot of arguing going on and debating going on and who's right, who's not right and all that stuff. So, have you not all one Father? Has not one God created us? That's what he's asking them. Mm-hmm. Then he says, Why do we act covertly as an individual against our brother? Are profaning the eternal covenant of our Father Creator? Because what was the eternal covenant? He made man in his image. He didn't say he made this kind of man and that kind of man, and he made people who were less than. He said he made man in his image, and all mankind is perfect and holy. And so Genesis 1.26, the covenant was, saith God become man as a standard figure in sameness. He decided and decreed and declared, have dominion over. And then we know everything that we were told that we have dominion over. And then it said God created uh, God created man as a representative figure in sameness. God created himself male and female, to create himself in a body everlasting. And that's the covenant. that That's what it said and when you look it up in the Hebrew, and yet Malachi has come along and said, these priests have gotten have become involved in idol worship. They're, and they've included these false idols and these false religions in their belief system, and they taught these, and they mixed it with the oracles of God. And they began to disdain other people and look down on other people mm-hmm. and all the all this stuff. And yet God entrusted them with his oracles, entrusted him with his truth or them. They'd stopped ministering to people that came for help. They came to the temple for help, they had stopped. And uh, basically falling or failing, excuse me, failing in their ministry. They were entrusted with wisdom and knowledge. They were entrusted, as we are, to bless the earth, to bless the people of the earth. And so he was seeking to call them back to their awareness that there had been only one creator and father of all. Not just the Jews, but of all people. So much like the priests and people of old still today, there are many who continue to stray away from the knowledge of there being one father and one father of all. You know, there's so many religions in the world, and every one of them have different names for God. And uh, I still say they're praying to the true and living God. They just don't know it. I watched the day of uh, the, the National Day of Prayer the other day, and there was a Hindu on there, and there was a Catholic on there, and there was Christians on there, several different faiths, somebody to represent all the major religions. And they prayed differently, but their heart was pure. And I believe God heard their prayer. If you call him Papa, God hears your prayer. If you call him Daddy, if you call him God, or Me Father, whatever, if you call him—I don't know what the other religions call him—but God hears the prayer. But what hinders the answer is your perception of God, because if your your perception of God is an appeasing God or a, or whatever, then it all is based on what you do to please God. But there's only one God. <clears throat> There's only one God, and the one God is love. If people, if we could all realize that the, the only one true and living God is nothing but love, and Father loves all people eternally without requirement, amen. without any requirement, whatever, and you can't lose His love. So, what needs to happen when one places their faith in the fact that there is one God and then their consciousness is focused upon one Father, and their consciousness awareness remains steadfast and established in constant communion with that everlasting source of our existence, that's when things begin to change people's lives. Paul, staying fast. Okay, I'll I'll read it again. When one places their faith or confidence in the fact that there's one God, then their consciousness is focused upon one Father, and their conscious awareness remains steadfast and established, and constant communication with their everlasting source. You stay in communication yes. with that source. Yes. It's one thing to know we have a source, which is God, but it's another thing another thing to stay in communication. Yes. Communication means listening and fellowshipping, and talking and and loving. Yes. You know, I'll never forget when me and Kay uh, taught one time, living out of our spiritual resources and. I taught on true supply and the people were more interested in what their supply manifests than actually their supply and their supply is the Father. Supplier, yeah. yeah, the supplier. Mm-hmm. They were thinking, oh, wow, I'm going to have everything I need from now. It wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. It was about you not needing anything but because you have a relationship with a source. Yes. You know, our Father never left us, but we leave our Father. So the key is hearing Father clearly. It's to realize and know there's only one Father Creator, and we are one with, in, and as Father in this earth. And it's important to hear, you know? If you don't hear with intelligence, what happens? The doctor tells you to do something, and you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get hurt. It's just a fact. (laughs) So I don't know who I'm talking to, but it must be a divine word today. So here's some verses if you want to jot down, because I'm not going to read them. But Mark. Twelve thirty-two, Romans three thirty. Hey, Melissa, Elinda, Romans 3.30, 1 Corinthians eight six, Ephesians four 6, 1 Timothy two five, and James two eighteen are the verses in the King James that use the word or the phrase "one God." There is no other creator. There is no other creator. You are not the creator, but you can create, right? Mm-hmm. And as Kay said, we only create what Father already created. Correct. Right. Me and my wife got together intimately, and we created three children. But we are not the we are not the creator. We repleted what the creator created. We 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 function in that ability to do that, but the creator is the creator of all life, the source of all life, and that is God, and that is Holy Spirit, or holy breath. So the thing is, as I've been saying, there are many false perceptions of our Father. Deuteronomy 6, 4 states, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The word one comes from the Old Testament 259 word, which is echad, it's spelled E-C-H-A-D, and it means united. We are United in the greatest sense of the word, united, we are one, and you can't separate one. You cannot. That's why I believe the Bible talked. They thought they talked about marriage, but when it said, "Do not," uh, oh, how does it go? You do not separate what the what God has formed together. It's the marriage one, whatever. But I'm t- I, I believe it's, uh, and you guys know what I'm do talking put about. Asunder. Oh, do, do not put asunder what God has, has uh, joined together. That's what it is. And I believe that's talking about us preachers getting up and separating you by, from God by preaching a sin consciousness. I believe that's what that really means. And so this word, you, you can also find in other definite, definitions of this word alike. You can find altogether, together, and then they always say one. Mark referenced that above in in, uh, Mark chapter 12, I think it's verse 29. So for thousands of years, mankind has been mindful of everything but their oneness with Father. And I think most people have to agree with that. I I would say you can just take a 24-hour day, and the majority of the world didn't think about Father very much. They don't. Paul used the phrase, currently mindful, then, is death. And death is no fellowship, no awareness of God. Uh, Butch and I was talking yesterday about all the people that we've taught for many, many years. he, He pastored before I did, I think, maybe not, you know. But people that we taught for many years, and we taught truth to them, like one of them is rapture. And we taught the truth that there's no such thing as a rapture. But a lot of those people or talking about raptures coming in at any moment. What happened? They didn't listen with intelligence, or they did listen, and then they turn around and they begin to listen to the lie so much that it's changed their awareness. Scripture says it is impossible. We quoted Nyan impossible but it said it's impossible to renew people to the truth who have tasted it and they've gone back to the old. They forget. I I say their brain leaks, if if you would. So people think they're mindful of the one and only Father, but they're not. Their, mind, their mindfulness is mixed with all kinds of beliefs, all kinds of idols, all kinds of ideals and perceptions of Father, which are not true. But it's mixed with things that they've been taught. So another time we can read in Hosea 10.14, there's a king of Assyria, and his name is Shalmaneser, and where he lived, it was fortified, and it belonged to Israel but it was overthrown because they did not stay mindful of the one God. That's what it says in Scripture. They were mindful of various religious doctrines, mythology, paganism, and teachings that they ate of. The fruit of it was lies. They ate of that fruit, which was lies. So as you follow their lives in the Scripture, their joy and their oneness with Father seems to be lost for a time. And this king symbolizes the harmful inclination in a carnally mindful person. A sense-minded man believes in his moral will. A sense-minded man allows his ego to rule, which brings forth only dead works and dead fruit. Because that's what Paul said to be carnally mindful is dead. So everything that you try to do out of your sense realm, apart from spirit, apart from the, the spirit guiding you or the voice of God guiding you, And it's a good idea, you get in trouble. Donna can tell you over our 50 years of marriage, I've had a lot of good ideas. (laughs) And I thought they were God and they were not. Not in my recent years, but in my younger years. So our one father is the source of all life. Uh, Understanding, growth, he's the source of all understanding. There's no knowledge that's here that does not come from God. You don't discover something like it's never been there before. It's always was there. When they discovered gold in California, it was already there and it had been there for millions of years. When they discovered electricity, they did not invent electricity, right? It was already there. They discovered what God had for man and there's so much more to discover, it's unbelievable. You know, it doesn't seem possible. And Father is the source of all attainment, of any fruit that remains whatsoever. So the sensory mindful man cannot put itself in the place of Father. When I say we are gods in the earth, we are gods in the physical sense, we are spirit slowed down to visibility, but I don't put my place, my, myself as the source. The source is in me, the source functions through me. But I am not the source. I am one with the source. And, you know, one person, well, I'll, I'll tell you that after a while. <clears throat> but father, we could use this word. <clears throat> the carnally minded man tries to put their self in place of the father without there being an archo father, A-R-C-H-A-E-L. That means a, a first source, a first in rank. Without bringing, and what happens, it brings disastrous results. <clears throat> we have a religion in the world that the head of their religion believes that they're, they're the voice of God. And nobody can talk to God but that, 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 the head of their religion. It has produced disastrous results. It's kept the majority of their followers poor. And not knowing God, not knowing God whatsoever. And praying to all kinds of idols for help. So the word archel, is in the British English is it means the first in order. We could also use the archetype. The archetype. So another that's the first. That's what it the first of, of many more, if you would. Jesus was not the first. We used to believe that Jesus was the first of many more. No, Jesus was part of the many membered man that God created from the foundation of the world but he had a mandate, a mission, and a ministry, and a supernatural anointing on him that he never left from his birth. That was the difference in Jesus and other people walking around because everybody else never knew who they were. Or if they did, they forgot. And so in Father's mind, we always were, and our minds should be the same as Jesus's was. And our minds should be the same as God because it is God. So we have, there's one mind and that's the, the mind of God, that's the God mind, that's our holy breath or whatever. And then we have a brain that's filled with all kinds of wrong information because we've not leaned to that mind, that one and only God. And the fact is most of us have leaned to our perception of God. We hear the people in our fellowship, a lot of you out here watching on Facebook and YouTube in a couple of days, You've been raised in certain denominations, and each denomination has their only view of God, the separate view than other people's view of God. So therefore, we have not really tapped into the mind of God because if we tapped into the mind of God and lived out of the mind of God, what would we all be? We would all be one because the Lord our God is one. That's the only answer, family, to this world today, and always has been, is for us to all come together in union as one mind and one power and one body. Then there would be no more lust, no more greed, no more corruption, no more wars, none of it. We would live on this planet as God intended us to, and we'd all bless one another and how happy we would be. (laughs) Amen? Amen. So we still, we only think in the realm of time, so we need to be aware that Father is our archetype of all, and also we are one with the one God. Uh, Dave Carringer wrote his book recently and published it. It's called uh, "Waking Up to Our Genius." I haven't read it all, but it's a good book. I've got it in there. And we are—he said—we are so one with our Father that we are just one hair width's of difference. One hair width's a difference. I mean, there's—I I, I don't even like to say there's any difference at all. But we're that—we're that one with God. You cannot see the difference if you really looked and saw with their spiritual eyes, if you really saw yourself the way God sees you, you would never say I'm different than God. You would never say, but God's better than me, or God's more powerful than me. No, you everything God is, you are in your body. So the only difference is Father is the first of all creation. Really, that's it. Fa- Father is the first. And when you look at creation with your single eye, you see Father. You see Father everywhere. So yes, we live as father in this planet, but father is the eternal f- uh, source of all creation and source flows through us to bless other people. Remember, Jesus humbled himself. He knew who he was. He could have he ruled and reigned over the entire earth. He could have required people to come to him, to bow to him, to give to him because he had the ability to function out of His supernatural being that we are, but he didn't because he loved you know, Scripture says God so loved the world. I, I say Jesus so loved the world that he gave. You know, it's one thing. and might love me enough and say, I'm going to give you Roy. <laughs> but Jesus had to love the world or he wouldn't have done that. He entered into the judgment of the world. So the source, it, self, and all creation, it, created. I capitalize IT because I'm talking about our Father. So when we create, again, we only create what Father created and nothing else. The problem is that we have created a lot that God did not create. The problem is all Father created is good. You can look in the Bible and it said he made this and it was good. He made this and it was good. He made this, and it was, good. He made this and it was good. But when carly mindful people get hold of creation, they make it not good. Right? The earth is able to sustain creation for eternity the earth repletes itself people say we're going to run out of oil there's always going to be oil here God made oil for a reason and I don't understand people that don't want us to use oil one lady wrote me the other day and said we're raping mother earth well no we're not it was created for us there was food created for the earth there's animals some people don't want to eat animals and if that's okay that's fine but we were given animals to eat you know and fish we're given fish to eat not to hoard, not to abuse. And I agree. Some places they've been raised; it's terrible the how they do it. But we need more farmers. Farmers need to be able to make a living. People, we need to do what's right. So, for, uh, for Father to have created good, and what happens is, and get back evil—that's called an antithesis, antithesis, antithesis. Excuse me. It's spelled A N T I T, A N T I T H E S E S, and that's antithesis. And that's the opposite of what was intended. Mm-hmm. So Father created this wonderful planet to reproduce himself and reproduce all the animals and everything he created and made it absolutely beautiful. And guess what? He gave it to man. And what did man do? They refused to have dominion over it. They refused to. They just wanted their own thing, their own way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. And it still happens today. So we could say, Father created all things good, and he gave dominion, which means mastership over them, and got back bad. And yet we blame God for it. And even the translators of the King James Version, other Bibles, blame God and said God created good and evil, and that is just not true whatsoever. So we must be freed of this deceptive state uh, that, the lies that lies deep in our subconscious, that by allowing the Logos to correct the errors by listening to the voice of God, not just listening to us ministers teach, but you you need, when you're doing that, you need to listen to the voice of God within inside of you, the voice of God that can say, amen, the voice of God that can uh, make it, uh, enlarge it for greater understanding for you. Carl, I need to get over here so I can see your eyeballs. <laughs> it's hard to listen and not see the person's face. So we want to be freed from that. So, when we do, the truth of one life, one God, one body, one spirit comes to light. That's when that happens. We're not worshiping a God up there somewhere, out there somewhere, on a throne somewhere, a God we're gonna see someday. And I again, you know, I don't like the word God very much. All it is is a title, but it's our father creator. Yes. It's our holy breath source yes. is, is who we, we, we are mindful of. And so Paul said, Talked, used the phrase, there's sin in our members. The reason he said, when I would do good, i do evil and all that. And he said, because there's sin in our members. Well, that member to me is our subconscious. It's our awareness and it's, mis- it's missing the mark. And what is missing the mark? It's the mistaken identity. It's an absolute sin for anybody on planet earth to know that they're not one with God, to know that they're not son of God. That is an ab- that's the greatest sin there can ever be, is to not be aware that you are son of God. Because if you're not aware that you're a son of God, then you fall prey to every religious yeah. teaching that you can have. You fall prey to being been a sinner and a sinner saved by grace. Grace, you fall prey to everything they said about you, and you need to ask the question, who told me that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the wrong voice. So when we're free from the deceptive state, then we live as a God man. We live as a son of God. We live as a, a, a woman of God, which is the many-membered man Father created. He embodied himself and mankind. Now, this is paraphrased from K. Fairchild, but in Ephesians 4, 6, Paul set forth this truth of oneness with Father. He said, no other God but he who is. There's no other God but he who is. Instead of all other perceived gods, the one who is in all, as all. In all, as all. Now, the Aramaic to English translation says, One Elohim, Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in all of us. And who was us? Not just the Jews, but it was all people. So, <clears throat> Father of all, who is above all. So, Father is immanent, Father is indwelling, Father can be felt, Father can be heard. Father can be seen anywhere you go if you look. So like Mary, Jesus' mother, she was kept away from religious teaching, hence the word virgin. She was kept away from religious teaching and represents to us a virtuous state of mind that stays on spiritual things and that believes the revelations brought to us by comforter messengers. She had known no man, Symbolic, uh, symbolically, she had known no, no, no carly mindful man, no Anthropos man that could interpenetrate her with a lie. And that's what able, enabled her to hear Gabriel and hear the instructions to keep Jesus apart from religiosity also. And we know he did not listen and study religions of the world that were false because by the time he was 12 years old, he confounded the doctors. I know I say that a lot, but that's just amazing to me. He confounded the doctors of religion. He, he stayed away from the Jews. The Hebrew law, Mosaic, he stayed away from that until it was, the scriptures tell it, until it was time for him to be presented to the Jews. That was 12 years old. So to live as father is really greater than knowing about father. To, to be able to live as father. We, we can study father and study father, and, but just to say, you know, my faith, my confidence, I'm just going to live as you, father. Now I'm going to listen to your voice. How did Jesus live? You know, I'm jumping ahead of myself here a little bit, but he didn't say anything. He didn't hear the father here. So he must have stayed in fellowship with the father. Yes. He must have been in tune to his spirit voice. I mean, can you imagine just being able to talk to God all day long? You can. You can listen to God. And you can hear this is the way walk you in it. And then he saw how father treated men. He, he had that understanding. What God thought of. So he didn't. Say anything he didn't see the, hear the father say, and he didn't do anything he didn't see the father do whatsoever. John 10 30, he proclaimed and he said, I and the father are one. And he also revealed to us that we are one with father. He had all the possibilities of the principal. Who's the principal? If you're in high school the, or great, the principal is the head dude, right? They had the final word. Well, God is the principle, Father is the principle of all things. Father is the central of all things. And so he had all the possibilities of the principle, and he functioned out of those possibilities. And we have all the the, the principles. We have all the power of our creator. We are, Carl, we really are. We are supernatural. (laughs) Does thou thou believe that? (laughs) We don't because we look at these bodies that have become frail because I've been carnally mindful. I mean, here we are, we're in our 60s and almost 70 and a little over 70 and the majority of our life, we listened to the lie and we believed the lie and we thought the lie was the truth and we loved the lie, didn't we? You know, we we love that there's sinners out there, but we need to get them saved and we love the fact that. Even though I'm a a bad person, God still loves me. We had all those mentalities that kept us as mere humans and always dependent on God to do something. Mm -hmm. And that's anti-spirit. That's anti-Christ our life, if you would. Mm -hmm. So he, Jesus, he demonstrated in a large degree of Father's possibilities. And in this respect, Jesus is the great way. Jesus is the great, or was the great way was the great truth, was the great life revealer. When he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he said, I'm here to teach you the way, the truth, and the life. It's like when I go to, if say say I'm a a mathematician and I go to uh, college to teach and I'll I'll say, I am a math teacher. I'm gonna be your way to learn math. I'm gonna be your way to learn algebra or calculus. The poor kids, they would just be miserable (laughs) because I don't know anything about calculus. But does that make sense to you? A a doctor is going to come to you and say, I'm I'm your healer today. And so Jesus is saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I am your way today. If you will embrace what I have to share with you, then you're going to experience life and you're going to experience truth that will make you free. So he taught us how to live and most, most people still want him to do for them. What's that old saying? It's better to, rather than give somebody a fish, to teach them how to fish. You know, I have a lot of Facebook friends that want to eat my fish, but they won't come clean it. (laughs) They, they They won't catch it. They want me to send it to them. You know, and that's just kind of the way we are. We have the power to do all things. Scripture says that. And yet we still want God to do for us. That's kind of lazy a little bit. So to make oneself conscious of being in the presence of Father, we must consistently affirm our oneness, consistently affirm it with being the presence of our Father. And these are some things we can say if you wanna write them down, There's little short, short sentences. You ready? You got your speed pin on? I have confidence in Father. That's the real word for faith is confidence. I have confidence in Father. I have confidence in my holy breath. Hey, Gina, I have confidence in things of spirit. I am one with Father, and I am supernatural as Father is supernatural. Jesus was the personified word, P-E-R-S-O-N-I-F-I-E-D, and so are we. Those are some declarations you should make every day, and confess those things over until they get into you, till you till you believe it, until you become one with those things. In Mark 12:28, we find a story of a scribe asking Jesus questions. He heard Jesus trying to reason with the Pharisees and the Herodians and the Sadducees, and Jesus couldn't really reason with them because they were there to try to catch him in a word, trying to slip him up, kind of like the the uh, Pharisee politicians trying to slip up our president. You, you, you watch that all the time on there. And so Jesus could not really give them anything to help them. They didn't want help. They, wanted to, they, they hated him. They wanted him to die. So they were not interested in hearing the truth. They just wanted to trip him up. So after the scribe talked with Jesus, because the scribe believed, because he had seen the works that Jesus had done, And so he's and Jesus answered him uh, about and said, The Lord thy God, and the scribe he said to Jesus, You have said the truth, for there is one. He knew that, and there is none other but himself. And you know, I I know that's probably talk about there is no other God but himself, but I kind of think that he's saying, and there's no other but himself, there's no other person on this planet but himself remember god created man male and female to to give birth to create himself so i believe there's a lot in that phrase right there there is no other person on planet earth but himself god himself in you that's mark 12 32. The aramaic in english states there are no other apart from himself so there's nobody on planet Earth apart from God. And doesn't Paul say that nothing can separate you from God? I know it says the love of God, but the love of God, you know what? My, my children are the love of me and Donna. Are they not? We love each other so much we come together intimately and out of that is fruit that remains. It's our children. And so there's no other person that's ever been on planet Earth or ever will be birthed on planet Earth that is apart from God himself because Father God is the source of all. And this is interesting. The lost sheep of the house of Israel were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's who they were. Who were to, they, they, who, they were to have confidence in the one and true and living God, and they did not. That's what was lost. Scripture says the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. Rescue that was lost. What was lost was man's awareness of God. Man's awareness of who they are. And so they had no spiritual thoughts, uh, nor could they hear the voice of the Father speaking to them. And they saw Father separate from man. And in one moment, uh, Father was a, re- a revengeful God. The next moment, the God God rewarded you. Uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar. I'm sure some of you are the term Gnostics. But the Gnostics believe the same way. They believe that man would never experience spirit. Never man would never experience God. They believed that we were separate from God and so they were wrong and they thought that God was the rewarder of people that followed the Mosaic law and if you didn't follow the Mosaic law then you were punished and what's interesting is they would make more and more and more of them because they never wanted people to be able to follow them or to obey them they were wrong so their perception was very skewed by mythological and paganistic teachings which we talked about a lot one day Jesus was being questioned by the Jews. That's all they ever came for is to question him, to try to trip him up. And his answer caused division amongst them. They would bicker about it, argue about it. Many of them said Jesus was insane and was a raving maniac. You know, it said vexed of a devil and all that, but literally when you look it up, it says insane. And they just thought he was insane. They thought he was crazy. They said, why hear him? He's a, he's a nut. I've had that said about me. <laughs> Why are you listening to that guy? <laughs> he's insane. He's crazy. You know, he thinks he can translate scripture and he's just Roy Richmond. Who the heck is he? I'm son of God. And so other questions, uh, 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 other questions, their statements because, uh, questions their statements because they they believed, they, they believed he was sane. Again, because they saw what he did. In fact, they said, how can a person be, of a devil is what they use when he can open people's eyes and when he can do this and do that and so they wanted to talk to him so jesus entered the temple at that time in solomon's porch and after a few minutes of speaking he declared i and father are one and that's what that's it that's it he's dead and they begin the plot you cannot make America great. I'm sure You cannot say that you're one with God. And you cannot say that everybody else is one with God. And therefore they said, we have a law. He must die. He declares himself to be son of God. So then, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, a lot of people think that what they call the Lord's prayer to be his prayer, no, he was showing us how to pray. And I've translated that and it's just beautiful. And it's not that I'm it was I translated it, and the real truth of the word is beautiful. He was showing us how to pray. But Jesus' the high priestly, priestly prayer is in John 17. If you never read it, read it. you should read it. And of course, a lot of it's translated wrong. but So the King James Version people said, I'm, I told Kay yesterday, I'm going to start saying they said, but I say. So the King James Version people said, Jesus said that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. Do you read it? Do you hear anything in that that kind of make you feel less than? Yeah, you're separate from Jesus. Yes, separate from God. I'm separate from, God. Separate from yeah, Jesus, too. Separate, I mean, it's you know, it's called I I, taught, I shared this on uh, Dr. Uh, Bill Henshaw's uh, when he interviewed me last and I was talking about the 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 lessening of men, or Kate called it the dumbing down of men. Mm -hmm. Scripture always makes us look less than Jesus Mm -hmm. and less than God. So in those scriptures, you see maybe one, maybe one in us. I have given them that they may be one. All that implies is people of Jesus' world was not one with Father. Mm -hmm. So contrary to what the translators wrote, I say, Jesus said, that they all exist one, as you, Father, to me, and me, and you, in order that also themselves as us exist in experience, in experience, in order that the world may have confidence that you set me apart and sent me on a mission, mandate, and ministry. I, with the understanding, see, glory can be understanding. It's the full weight, and it can be understanding. So I, with the understanding you revealed to me, have given them that they exist one in experience just as we are. They didn't know they were one, right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they never taught that they were one. Moses never taught that they were one. Abraham never taught the oneness of God, of all people. And so Paul wrote to the community of believers at Corinth and said also, because by one holy breath, which is spirit, the whole of mankind, past, present, and future, exist as one whole and perfectly immersed body. Now he uses the word baptize, but the word baptism, when you're baptized, what are you, you're immersed in water, right? And the water represents what? The word, the word of God, the Logos. Mm-hmm. So it's a picture of how God immersed us in his living word. We are God in a body, and we are immersed. So immersed in all that Father is. And so a common misconception among Christians is that baptism was started by John the Baptist, right? And it's a Christian thing, and it was not. People have experienced water baptism hundreds and hundreds of years, way before John, way before Jesus. All kinds of religions use baptism for certain things. And it's always some kind of cleansing of your sin. There are many Christians believe if you're not baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, you're not baptized, you're not saved. I've been to, uh, heard many experiences where just before a person died, they wanted to be baptized, but they would worry they wouldn't be saved. That is not what that's about whatsoever. Father immersed man into his holy breath at the foundation of the world. You were born immersed in all that Father God is. You never lost your holy breath. You never had to earn your holy breath. You don't have to maintain your holy breath. You just need to experience your holy breath. Amen? Yes. So we never lost it. Part of Jesus' ministry and mandate was to immerse the Jews in a clear understanding of who Father really is. He wanted to baptize them, not in water, but baptize them in the truth of the gospel that was, and the, the real good news that the Lord our God is one and so are you and free them from that Mosaic law. And he was there to make a clear understanding, but they refused to listen. It's a sad thing when somebody comes along and wants to help the world and make the world better. And there's so many people that are anti that. That's what Jesus did. And that's what many more comforter teachers and many other people in the world, they really have a desire to make things better. But there's so much corruption that they hinder it and they become their devil. Right? So you can be baptized in water until your skin looks like a raisin. Remember all the years you used to swim? Of course, back when we were young, we had that soft skin. But if we spend all day in the water today, our skin just kind of shrivels up. And But you can do that, and it doesn't do anything for you. And I know a lot of people don't like this, but being baptized doesn't do one thing for you. It's a physical picture of a spiritual truth. It's symbolical of the fact that you were immersed in God yes. at the foundation of the yes. world. you are not been immersed in everything Jesus did. You've been immersed in everything Jesus revealed yes. to us. To be made free. What is that? That's to experience the Zoe life. And all that entails Jesus entered that temple of Solomon's porch and said, I and Father are one. Now, Apostle Paul stated in 1 John 5 7 through 8, and a whole lot of that verse was added. Those two verses, both verses, there were 22 words in there that were added by the translators. When I looked it up last night, every word was 9999, almost all but what I'm going to read to you. And I did some study on the internet because I want to, you know, people were telling me, well, you shouldn't be using the strong concordance, or my concordance doesn't say that. But there's only one concordance that actually. Uh, shows all those words in, in their translation, and it's a Latin Vulgate. And who, who controlled the Latin Vulgate? Mm-hmm. Right? Because they wanted to enforce the doctrine of a trinity. Mm-hmm. As Father being one being, Spirit being another being, and Jesus been another being, and we worship all three of those. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 a false doctrine. And I know some people believe it, and if you want to, that's fine. Put what I said on the shelf and don't worry about it. But I have to teach the truth, and i lay it out here. So, this is what he said in 1 John 5, 7 through 8. For three there are that bear record, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three in one by one agree. And I I like how you're looking, in. like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> so, they added all the other words. Uh, I don't know if I have my bifocals here or not. I do. I want to re- I'll read to you what it actually said in the King James Version. It said, for, there, for three there are that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And there three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth. All those, when, for, where it says bear record after that, every one of those words were added by the translator. And again, because they were trying to make it all about the Trinity apart from us whatsoever. So I'm going to explain this to you the best that I can. I, I looked up on the internet and I searched other uh, biblical records and teachings in different places. And uh, I, I couldn't really find anything that satisfied me. But we got to ask the question, what does it mean for the spirit, the water, and the blood in one to agree? I won't be too much longer here, but... We know spirit is what? Breath, right? Spirit is breath. In the traditional religions, water is viewed both as an ordinary liquid and a symbol of cleaning the soul because they thought that's what baptism was. The spiritual symbology of the word water is a vital energy of life. In other words, spiritual truth. Physically, water is vital to life, right? So spiritual water, the water of the word, the Logos is vital to life. It's spiritual truth. Thus, in the Revelation, we read, And the holy breath and the comforter messenger say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that athirst come. If you're thirsting, if you feel dissatisfied, it's not for your refrigerator. It's not for another movie. It's not for another car. It's not for, if you're thirsting, you're experiencing thirst, that means you're experiencing some kind of lack. You don't know what your source is. That's a real picture. And I'm not talking about if I'm hungry, I can't go eat. But I'm talking about there's just something in you that's always dissatisfied. You're not drawing from your source. You're not leaning to your mind. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. You don't have to earn it, right? So Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. If you don't don't know who you are, if you don't know God, come to me. I tell people all the time, they write things on Facebook and I say, I can help, here's my phone number. Very few of them call. I think sometimes people would rather complain than get help. Mm -hmm. That's true. So, what they were to drink of was this vital energy of life that flowed through Jesus. Spiritual truth words flowed through Jesus. Like all people, Jesus was spirit, which was God. Jesus was blood. He was man as one. And he contained the water of the truthful word, which we do too. So blood is what the life flows through. I'm just going to read a lot of this because I need to get done. Blood is what the life flows through to every cell of our body. We agree with that, right? Blood is the transporter of life. And it takes that out what is not good by going through the liver. So the circulatory system is connected with the outer physical or the seemingly material, the organism of man. And the nervous system is more the organ of the mental or the spiritual. The circulation of the blood symbolizes the flow of divine life throughout the body, and true spiritual life is the real vitalizing element in both the outer and the inner phase of man. One of the reasons why we are weak, we suffer, we die needlessly, because we're not really discerning our true spiritual life. We go to every kind of source there is for life. Every doctor there is, every pill there is, even exercise. We, all, we do all that stuff for life, and yet we're not drawing from our true source from, from within side. The phrase "the blood of Christ symbolizes the life contained in the living Word. That's what the blood of Christ symbolizes. Therefore it is a spiritual energy that sustains our consciousness of dead works and enables man to exist as father in their entire being. The blood of Jesus symbolized the principle of eternal life. The blood is a spiritual principle that, that is rest on the pure ideal that Jesus came to reveal to us. Yet, it manifests in mind and body, and it's tangible when it's rightly appropriated. In other words, when we draw from it, life will manifest. That's why I believe many times when people were received healings and miracles, I believe they they tapped in by by faith, by confidence. Whoever ministered to them convinced them that they yes. that God is health, yes. but they said healer. And they believe it, and they tapped in, and they got healed. Yes, amen. But that that doesn't bring any fruit that remains. They still died, <laughs> yeah. or they still will, until they learn, like us, what our true source is, and we learn how to live out of that. So it can be appropriated and used to purify our conscious awareness to the point that we experience our body being immortal. I believe that. A spiritual perception will reveal that we are not an individual person. We're not one by ourselves. We're one with God. We are the mind of our Father. We are spirit. We are holy breath. We are a son. We are a daughter of the living Father Creator. So we must look at ourselves as holy breath. And I know I've been teaching this guys, you guys, this forever, but how much do we really think about that when we look in the mirror? Do you see yourself as God would see you? Do you see yourself as holy and righteous? If you don't, you're looking through your physical eyes and you're, you're, you're going through the filter of what's in your brain and it lies to you. Carl, you really look like a Greek god if you just believe it. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. So we can say, I am holy breath. I am a son. Or if you're feminine, I am a daughter of the living father creator. We must look at ourselves as holy breath jesus affirmed it he said i am one with god you have it's not about you going out telling other people that because you'll never tell them until you know who you are you'll never tell them that they are son of god until you know that you're son of god that you're holy and you're righteous so we must look at ourselves that way how can two stand together as one unless they both agree Without faith, the scripture says it's impossible to please God. It actually says without confidence, it's impossible to agree with God. If you can't put your confidence in what God decreed, declared and decided from the foundation of the world and what Jesus came along and explained to us and revealed to us, then you'll never agree with Father that you're holy. You'll agree with the liars. Religiosity. If you agree you're under a carnal law, then you make yourself part of the physical cosmos. It's vital that we agree with the law of spirit and life. Amen? Mm -hmm. That makes you part of that. So Jesus used the outer symbol to represent the spiritual reality when he told his disciples to eat the bread as his body and drink the wine as his blood. He wasn't saying actually do that. And they thought he did, so they left him. Quite a few left him. Mm -hmm. And so when we affirm with spiritual understanding the fact that omnipresent substance we are feeding on our body of spirit. That's what Jesus, feed on my spirit, the same spirit that I have. Feed on your body of spirit. And when we affirm that omnipresence, then there's the energy, then we, we feed on eternal life. We feed on that instead of what they say about us. We are drinking the blood, which is vital energy. We're partaking of that vital energy that flows through us. You know, a lot of times when people are sick, they find what's wrong with them. Where at? In the blood. Right? You're not getting enough blood flow. You have a blockage in your heart, or your your legs or your toes are turning blue because there's a blockage in your leg, whatever it is. And so it's not feeding on that blood source. So the symptoms that we have is because we don't know who we are. We have that disease of a mistaken identity. And if you have a mistaken identity, you will not boldly enter into being the dwelling place of God. It's that simple. So we enter into this understanding. The outer symbols don't mean anything to us anymore. That's why we don't serve the physical bread and wine. Uh, If people want it, we will, but they're not necessary because now we're in tune with the substance, which is the mind of God or the God mind. So what did John intend for us to know when he wrote for three, there are that bear record, the spirit and the water and the blood and these three in one by one agree, I believe that this is what he was revealing. He was revealing that our holy breath, being the vital life source, the water, flowing as our divine life, the blood, enables us to agree with Father that we are Son of God. When the three agree, our holy breath, which is our spirit, our vital life source, which is the water, the water, the the true word comes out, flowing out of our divine life, which is the blood, and then when they agree, we will live as son of God in Father's perfect likeness, in Father's power, Father's authority. We are supernatural with perfect character and nature, but we must, we must agree, amen? amen. And some other people might say, you know, they believe something different, and that that's okay if you receive a different revelation. I'd like to hear what it is, you know. But to me, that's what I, that came out to me. Uh, one thing that I wanted to say, as I studied and wrote this chapter yesterday. Uh, I call Kay quite often. I tell her what I discover, and I'll ask her questions and things in Scripture. And so she returned my call. We discussed some of these things that I discovered in other resources, and I shared that translation, that wrong translation of John, where uh, he added all those words. And her comment was, wow, really, we don't know how to properly explain God, do we? And I said, no, we don't. I said, that's one of my dilemmas for many, many years. I don't like the word God. Uh, the father is a gender. The Bible said, they that worship him, which is and seek, and desire to know, must do so in spirit and in truth. And so we discussed it a little bit. And she said that she feels like that one of the best ways to explain God is experience. And I'm going to talk more about that next week and go on. Have you ever experienced God? You should count the ways. And, I'm not going to do it. I should. I've only got two more pages to go, but I can see people are ready to go. So I'll stop here. But experience. Have you experienced your God mind? Have you experienced God within you? Have you experienced God in other people? Have you experienced God in this earth? If you haven't, you are missing something wonderful. Amen? Amen? Thank you all for being here. Hi, Norma. We miss you a lot. You missed the donuts. Carl ate the most of them today. So I I said what I said I would do. I did air fried donuts for our members today. So, but, but we love all of you. We hope you have a wonderful time. If you're going to be with your family and we celebrate all your mothers without you, we wouldn't be here. So we bless you very much. God bless you. Thank you. Hi, Sharon. She said to tell Donna, happy Mother's Day.